Jackson Transplants, the welcome committee for transplants. Jacksonians, welcome, but not necessary. <laughs> so just like a heads up to everyone, we're going to be recording two episodes at Cultivation Hall. So you may hear, like, hear some, you know, talking and music in the background. And if that is bothering you, get over it and just listen to both the episodes. <laughs> like, <laughs> what you want us to do. Anyway, uh, yeah. So this has been, like, sort of a challenging and hard week to get through. But I had a super good weekend. I'm not sure when you guys are going to hear this. But the previous weekend, I actually attended... Alan's um, wedding and he appeared on episode four and I don't know if you guys remember me mentioning this but like everyone is leaving me and I'm just you know I know this is not really about me but it is about me I just feel a certain way <laughs> <laughs> about everybody relocating so congratulations um, to you and Shalise but you guys suck so anyway um, <laughs> I'm just gonna <laughs> are you getting second thoughts about this interview <laughs> I'm starting just relaxing and getting into it. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to go ahead and let you introduce yourself to everyone. How do I follow up that introduction? <laughs> How do I follow up with an introduction after that? I'm going to just get into it. Yeah. Tell us your name, where you're from. My name is Enrica Williams. I am originally from West Point, Mississippi. Those who know West Point, Mississippi is in northeast Mississippi, about 15 minutes outside of Stark, Vegas, Mississippi State. So it's a really small community. My family moved around a bit with my dad's job. My dad was a graphic designer. So we moved to Jackson when I was 10. Okay. Um, I consider Jackson like my spirit city. And West Point is my birth city. Okay. Um, I like that. Yeah, because I, I've moved around a bit, and so I have found these connections with other places. But Jackson has just always been that magnet that pulls me back. So my uh, my fascination and love story with Jackson started when I was 10, and we originally moved here, and then we moved away. Mm-hmm. But I would always come home. For the summers. Yeah. And the summers during the 80s in Jackson was lit. Really? Oh, yes. Me- Metro Center was popping. Tell me a little bit about... Highway you know 80. Metro Center was not that bad when I first arrived here. Metro Center was epic when okay. I was a kid. See, I'm telling on myself about how old I am. Okay. But we're going <laughs> to let that slide, too. So, anyways, I would always come home to Jackson for the summer. My cousins went to school here. One set of cousins lived in Presidential Hills, Mm -hmm. and then another lived right over by Harding, which Mm -hmm. is um, not too far from, it's in West Jackson. Mm -hmm. So I always had like this, this, this culmination of Jacktown Jew things to do from a young age. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so I'm a chef. I have um, a restaurant and cultivation food hall called Fauna Food Works. Yeah. Wait, Um, wait, wait. Oh, Go back. Yes. How long have you been here? Because you moved away. Yeah, okay, yeah, I, I skipped a whole bunch of stuff. So I moved away. I moved away when I was 13. Okay. And then I moved back to Jackson to attempt a stint at Jackson State after I graduated high school. Because okay. I went to high school in Baton Rouge. Oh, did you? What school did you go to? I went to McKinley. I went to Woodlawn uh, so a my, little bit. My yeah. brother graduated from Bethany. Okay, I, I, I don't know. know if you're familiar with that one. No, no, I'm not. 
I think there was like my cousin finished at like Lee, cause like you know. I know like, Lee now. Okay. I do know Lee High School. That that was like a rival of Woodlawn, I think. Don't quote me, but I remember Lee High School. That was like the cool high school. Okay, so yeah. I spent a lot of time. I mean, Baton Rouge is only like an hour away from New Orleans. So I went to Baton Rouge a lot growing mm-hmm. up. And then when my family relocated there after Katrina, they were there for about seven years. So mm-hmm. then when I went home for the holidays, then I started going to Baton Rouge. I know Baton Rouge well. Okay. Yeah, I didn't I didn't connect with Baton Rouge. I, I, I don't like Baton Rouge like that. I'm mouthing I don't either. That's <laughs> what I was doing. That was the silence. Um, but I have some cool, some friends that I went to school with in Baton Rouge. Um, we still have a connection okay. now, but as a whole, I really just yeah. was not into Big Raglan. You know, that's yeah. just. And my husband actually went to undergrad too. He went to Southern. Ooh. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so. Immense eye roll. Yes. <laughs> our eyes rolled out of our head onto the ground out of oh Conservation Hall. Oh, my God. Yes, um, yes, it did. Yeah, so I've never, even like the food, like I like Louisiana food. Yes. But even their food is like, it's okay. Like if this, if I have yes. no other choice, I guess Correct. I'll have to eat. But like, Correct. Yeah. Correct. So, yeah. So, I saw my family. So, my dad was a graphic designer. So, he moved, his company moved with him. Moved him to Baton Rouge, so we were in Baton Rouge, graduated high school, and then I moved back to attend Jackson State. Um, me figuring out myself and my life, Jackson State was a great experience for interpersonal relationships, <laughs> but it was trash as far as me going to actual class and doing what I was supposed to do. Listen, I don't know. Seriously, like I'm super comfortable like talking about it now because like oh, my yeah. third degree said so doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, but I literally do not know how I finished undergrad. Um, I didn't. So, so I was like working at a big a big box real real um realtor. Well, not realtor. I'm talking too quickly. Retailer. Retailer. Okay. There you go. I didn't want to say the name, but yeah. it rhymes with blank blank. Okay. <laughs> so I used to work there. <laughs> and um and but it what drove me to move and come back and forth was culinary. I just didn't know it at okay. the time. So um I actually went to Atlanta, visited a friend, he fell in love with this woman. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to go check on him and figure out what he was doing out here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I went to Atlanta, checked out a culinary school, moved there two thousand. Mm-hmm. Okay. I stayed in Atlanta ten years. Um, worked, 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 but I would always come home to Jackson. Mm -hmm. And then an opportunity came up for me to really relocate back to Jackson Mm -hmm. when Parlor Market um, opened downtown. Mm -hmm. And the way that came about is I was home for the holidays. My brother and I, you know, in our lofty ideas and dreams was like, we're going to do something here in Jackson. We're going to open a business. And this is where it can be. So Parlor Market was actually in its building phase. Mm-hmm. Reached out to Craig Noon via email. I came home to visit one time, met him. He told me it was going to open. I instantaneously went back to Atlanta to move back to Jackson. Mm-hmm. Parlor Market brought me back initially home. Okay. Stayed there a few years. The life of a chef is sort of like gypsyish in a way, okay. too. It's really important to move around a lot. Mm-hmm. It's important to meet people, to be in spaces, to learn and cultivate your craft. Mm-hmm. So I did a little bit of, of that. Okay. And then I actually was in New Orleans the most recent journey mm-hmm. before I came back here in 
the early part of January mm -hmm. to open Fauna. What were you doing in New Orleans? Great question. <laughs> I was a sous chef okay. in a Mexican restaurant. You know what? I hope this is not insulting to you, but I love Mexican out here. And then my dad was like, oh, we can go to a Mexican restaurant in New Orleans. And I was like, this seems like a bad idea, but I'm going to do it anyway. So... <laughs> It was Actually, a terrible experience. You know what? It was not. It was a very okay. unique experience because okay. the experience that I had, I was a black woman sous chef yeah. in a Mexican restaurant yeah. in New Orleans. Yeah. Just the comedy in that, if you just see this on paper. And let me ask you even, mm. were they operated by... Mexicans, you know, there's a lot of restaurants in New Orleans, well, and it's like, well, this this restaurant group, they there were lots of Latino and Spanish-speaking people, okay. so it was not a primarily Mexican okay. culture in the kitchen. The restaurant was okay, um, but it also had like a Latin theme, so you had like Colombian, Ecuadorian, okay. Honduran, like you had all of these influences yeah. in one of the restaurants as well. So I was working there. I was learning all kinds of stuff because it's I good am, with the spices and stuff, and, and just yeah. the profiles yeah. and just the complexities and just so I took that as like I was in school again. Yeah. And so I so I was in New Orleans for a short period of time, and then the opportunity came for me to come back home. Yeah. Which I really never felt like I left because yeah. New Orleans is right down the road. Right. So I would always travel. Yeah. Back and forth yeah. between New Orleans and Jackson yeah. when I moved to New Orleans. Mm -hmm. When I was in Jackson, I never went to New Orleans. Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. Like, it's only, it's not even three hours. And I feel like I break the tri trip up. I have, like, family in Hammond. I'm, like, yeah. I'm about to pause right here for, like, a day, <laughs> spend a night, and then I'm going. Like, it feels like such a long drive for it whatever does. reason. It, is, and it feels like you're, like, transported to, like, another part of the world almost sometimes when I go. Like yeah. if I really just want to be fly and cute and feel like I'm on a excursion, yeah. I'll ride the train. You okay. know, and have you know make a thing out of it. Yeah. But most of the time I'm just on the slab and I'm just gonna hit it and I'm just gonna go yeah. to New Orleans. So I've been back in Jackson. I am unequivocally South Jackson. Okay. I am Jackson through and through. I support, I love Jackson. Anybody who knows me knows how pro-Jackson I am. Okay. I'm not anti-anything else as yeah. much as I am more about taking care of home and family mm -hmm. before I can see about somebody else. Mm -hmm. And that's how I treat Jackson. Okay. Oh, this, this is like a good time to take a break right here. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Jackson, Mississippi's only alternative culture shop, Offbeat, is your one-stop shop for comics, records, and designer toys. Located in the heart of Midtown and Black-owned and geek-operated, this store is home to the best alternative artists. Visit Offbeat today at offbeatjackson.com for more info. So, how did you end up at Cultivation Hall? How do I end up at Cultivation Hall? <sighs> It's a nice little backstory. Okay. So, um, a chef friend of mine was writing a cookbook, mm -hmm. so she was doing some research. Okay. And so she was doing a little tour of the South, and she mm -hmm. was doing stop stopping in different places. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if you come to Jackson, you have to go to these places. So we went to Sugar's place, okay. we went to Bullies, and we went to Footprint Farms. Okay. And um, so she published her cookbook. Mm -hmm. 
And so before the cookbook actually came out, it was it was featured in Shape magazine. Okay. So I posted this on Facebook, mm-hmm. and one of the gentlemen here, uh, Jonathan Shule, who is owner of the Gold Coast Bar. Okay. Um, I remember Jonathan from from Parlor Market days. Okay. So we hadn't seen each other, so we kind of reconnected over Facebook, and it's like, mm-hmm. hey, Enrica, there's this great opportunity. Um, there's a food hall opening. I have been actually following. The food hall's progress. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in New Orleans at the time, and then I was moving in and out of New Orleans just with work. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know how that would fit with what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so he saw the the publication, and he's like, "I think you'll be a great fit. Why yeah. don't you come in?" So I did an interview with the um, with the investors uh-huh. and told them what I did, my passion, what I wanted to do, and it was just a great fit. Yeah. Um, I personally love food hall food. In New Orleans, especially. Yeah. Oh, don't even get me started on that. And so I was like, okay, this is an opportunity for me to kind of do something quirky and fun and right. out of the box culinary wise. Yeah. And I'll be back home and I yeah. can still have like this freedom to move around. So it kind of, it was, it kind of um, presented itself to me as a result of the cookbook yeah. that I was featured in. Mm-hmm. And then everything just moved like super fast after How that. How long was the process? The process for me was was relatively quick and intense because of the the deadlines that they were trying to meet as far as the opening. Yeah. Um, and I came on kind of late in the game. Mm-hmm. So it was just like me actually, all of the things that I had conceptualized in my head about a business, I had to put into legalities. Yeah. And so it was a race for that. It was, you know... You know, uh, registering my business, yeah. getting insurance for it, signing up for federal tax things, yeah. a bunch of stuff that I don't understand, but I had to do it to be legal. Um, I had to do all of those things, come up with the menu, hire. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> all of the hire is interesting because I always see you here. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if I see like the other I, owners I, around like I see you. It, 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 so it's kind of a crazy thing because in the beginning. Because in the beginning, my family helped me a lot, and okay. I had friends that would come in and help volunteer with their time. And then I did hire um, a staff, and just with the fluctuation of sales and just the season and different things, you know, being a business owner, you learn a lot of stuff as you are in the business. Mm-hmm. So I had to downsize a few things, and primarily staff because of just to offset um, some of the business expense yeah. um, but I do have I, stu- I still have some staff members here that help me mm-hmm. um, that are still with me and um, but all of these things that I've learned since being here have just been like on the spot training like it yeah. has been <laughs> oh god they do not teach you this stuff in culinary school yeah this yeah it's but it's been a journey. Yeah. How long have you been open? Has, have you made a year yet? It, we have not. The food hall itself was open January 10th okay. of this year. And we all started and opened together. Okay. Yeah. So all of our concepts came together on um, January 10th. So it is not even a year yet. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it feels like it's been a lot longer than that. Yeah. Yeah. I will say I spent a lot of money here. Yeah, I see you and the little one yeah. in the hubs here a lot. Yeah, with the you know, the, and and then people come in. They're like, "Can I get the the ginger lime made?" Listen, that is my favorite. First of all, let me tell you something. 
I would prefer uh-huh. to drink at the bar, but I cannot because I have to go to you and get that. I was like, when I first saw the menu, I was like, that's an interesting combination. And let me tell you, I'm a very, very, very picky eater. I don't mm-hmm. like to try new things. Uh-huh. But I was like, I'm going to try. And then my husband bought it. And I drank all his, and I was like, well, I'm just going to start getting it out. <laughs> <laughs> but quiet is kept. I don't know what people do with their ginger limeade oh, once it leaves the food oh, hall. this is true. But I've been told that <laughs> they pour a little into their uh, ginger limeade, and it amps it up. I said, I have nothing to do with what you do with it outside of the food hall. It's, yeah, it's yours. You've purchased yeah. it. But yeah, I yeah, you have definitely been a, a supporter. Yeah. And I and I appreciate that. And shout out to Robin. Robin Kennebrew. Hi, hi Rob. She's hey. gonna, she's gonna kill us. She is. But like uh when Melvin walked up and he's the one who produces the podcast, <laughs> she's like, Oh, we can officially meet you're Robin's friend. I was like, everybody's Robin's friend. <laughs> yes, yes. When I first opened mm-hmm. a lot of that was how people that she sent my way. That, that is why we came yes. initially, yeah. And yeah. I remember that because she yeah. was, in, and I met several other people, yeah. and that was the the lead-in. I'm Robin's friend, and yeah. she told me to come support. Yeah. So thank you, Robin. Just you know, um, thank you. Yes. 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 So um, yeah. So do you have a favorite dish? I know you did a children's menu. Yeah, we do a children's so we menu. So we have to try that out. Our child is very. You never know with her. Yeah, most most toddlers. <laughs> I have a lot of nieces and nephews, and like the palate just changes. Like last week, you were eating pancakes. Yes. This week, you all Not. about waffles. Yeah, yeah. So, um, my favorite, favorite, favorite thing on the menu would have to be the Fauna Festival Street Dogs. Okay. And the story behind the Street Dogs is, um, actually, I did a street festival a few years ago mm-hmm. with Asha Thomas. Um, and it was um, on Congress Street when okay. she blocked off Congress Street and had live bands and vendors. And so I was one of the vendors as a small boutique, a little catering boutique. Mm-hmm. And my dad suggested that I do a hot dog. He's like, yeah. it's a festival, a street. Yeah. You know, people like carnival food. Yeah. And me being me, I'm like, no, daddy, I don't want to do just a hot dog. Right. He's like, well, make it like what you would do yeah so the fauna festival street dog actually started on this on the street festival and so um and it sold out and it did really well okay and my dad actually passed september of last year so a few months before i opened and so i was in the process of making the menu and i built the menu around the street dogs of what that meant to me, the memory of my dad, and yeah. how just the conceptualize, conceptualizing of everything from that point up until where I am now. Mm-hmm. So for nostalgia and for sentimental reasons, that's like my absolute favorite yeah. thing. Um, the crowd favorites, I think, are the the chicken sasote, um empanadas mm-hmm. and the crab, the grilled cheese crab rangoon. Yeah. Cause I we know get, my husband. Yeah, really it's like that. It's a good thing we run out of the empanadas like I've never experienced really? this. Like we make 
tons of these things and yeah. it's like a radar goes out and so one person will order them and they're like oh that looks good and someone else will order yeah. them and then they'll eat them here and then they'll get several orders to go oh so the orders that we've anticipated to carry us through the weekend may last a day and a half yeah. and so and we make them by scratch everything on our menu we hand make yeah. from scratch um we're a scratch kitchen so it's a two-day process so when we run out of empanadas it's not a quick whip up we yeah. hand we hand close them fill them everything wow. um that is truly a labor of love so yeah. that's my favorite okay yeah okay. The, the street dogs so this might be an unusual question because i didn't tell you. you you guys i usually send a list out to of to everyone the list of questions but like what do you think i guess like the food situation is in jackson like how do you feel about it how do you feel about like the future of it um i just want to let you i told you i was a picky eater mm -hmm. i also complain a lot <laughs> okay. about food in general and that's just because like i'm stuck on the food i grew up on yeah and like, I can be flexible with that, but anything yes. outside of that, I'm like, uh, I don't like this. And it just takes me time. I think. So, like, I'm not a credible yeah. <laughs> at all. Like, people <laughs> usually take my word for stuff. I am not to be trusted because I'm already a picky eater. Mm -hmm. So, so I think, I think people underestimate the culinary talents and quality of food in Jackson. Mm -hmm. um, Jackson, sometimes in the consumers or people that come out to eat, also are very either very finicky or very traditional, mm -hmm. and they want what they want. Right. I want a steak and a potato with the shrimp and the this. Like, yeah. they don't want a Brazilian type of steak. Right. Or they don't want charred shrimp yeah some people do yeah but most want things that they are familiar and comfortable with mm -hmm. um i think that um there's lots of choices to eat in jackson mm -hmm. it's not um it's not a typical southern um experience which what we do at Fauna, too, is just kind of play on that. You know, right. I'm very Jackson. I'm very Southern. I'm very mm. country. And my menu is reflective of that, even in the quirkiness mm -hmm. and the and the unique nature of it. All of those things are still very much Southern ingredients. Okay. These are things that I grew up with as well. These are things that I remember from childhood or, or I was inspired by mm -hmm. in some way. I think... Um, Jackson is in this creative explosion. Mm -hmm. I think it's, there are lots of outlets. Okay. Um, food, food is just as much an outlet of expression for me as music, as art, as dance, as any other um, type or style of artistic expression. Okay. Um, People are starting to want more, and they're doing more, and they're creating the things that they want. Right. I'm excited about that. Yeah. That's one good thing I said, like I would say about being out here, is that that's more easy to do than larger cities. It is, but then it's like oh, it gets into this weird... Uh, lullaby of sorts like it's at first everyone 
comes and they'll support and they're all about it and it's this nice you know um rhythm for it and then they kind of get low like uh, yeah you know well, you know one thing i will say and i guess maybe you can t- attest to this since you spend time in new orleans when i go to new orleans i don't eat at national chains at all i try Here, not to yeah that's it's still competition for that like um i was here what was it this past week, I was here because I'm always here. But I was here like early Sunday morning, and some people from Allen's wedding, they were like, the only place that's open is like Waffle House and IHOP, and like we're not eating that. And I was like, so many people, especially Waffle House, people love Waffle. Waffle House is the dirtiest, has to be like the dirtiest restaurant on earth. Just, I'm I'm more of an IHOP person. Fact, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I don't even want to eat there. I'm so so there's a thing with Waffle House. Okay. <laughs> if <Plain> you <laughs> if you can work a Waffle House kitchen. Okay. A line. You can work anywhere. Okay. They're short order cooks. They have to know all of these recipes. Yeah. They have to know it quickly. Yeah. There's different it's it's so many moving parts in the kitchen. I it's uh, it's a it's a love affair with industry people because you know for a fact you can get some delicious diner food after hours, so it's like this. I mean, like if you just have no choice and you're starving, like sometimes I'm like I'm really hungry. I can wait. You know, but you know some <laughs> things. You know, the just it's some things. You know, some things. It 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 is part of the experience and the ritual of going out. Like you go out. You have a great time. I'm not a heavy drinker, but, you know, the people sometimes I'm with, you know, may have had a little bit too much to drink. You need something to absorb it. So you go to Waffle House and you go and you have this food and you're not in a rush to leave. And then other people come and meet you. So it's just like like the after party. I don't know. It could be me just because I detest it so much (laughs) that I like make myself sick. I'm sick every time I leave. Really? Yeah. Like, I just don't feel good. Like, my stomach is aching. I'm, like, moving sluggish. Mind you, I've only eaten I at think, Waffle House maybe two times in my life. Anyway, I, two I to think three it's times. A, I think it's, a, like, you know, chefs, they I'm not, see, I'm Why not. Why are the menu so sicky? Like, every time. It's food just, still on it's now? just, it's like just, just, it's just the ambiance of the Waffle House. operating? It is. It's, it's on. On. It is the, <laughs> it's the ambiance of it. But I think, like, that's part of the issue here because like I remember um, hopefully my husband and family doesn't listen to this but like they'll be like oh let's go like to Outback and I'm like why first of all once again I've never been to Outback and it smells good. It always smells like Outback to me. But like see, a bunch of animals are like. <laughs> but see now, see the thing about like Outback again, like the like Outbacks and your chilies and yeah, your those places are disgusting. But those are just like for me. for me as a chef, mm-hmm. it's like you're going there expecting to get okay. that thing. Like you know what like Outback tastes specific like. Specific dish, and then you're gonna be sick and regret it, and say you never. I did not. Now that is that is that does not reflect <laughs> the thoughts or the opinions of Enrica <laughs> Williams. Just putting that out just, there. Like, how do y'all that is not, not me. That's like the main reason why I don't <laughs> like fast food and chains. Like, I just my reason for not supporting fast food and chains is because of being a chef 
and understanding how much it is to run a business and want to support locally owned businesses, um, buy business, black owned businesses, minority owned businesses, those types of things I really want to support because that's something that's very true and dear and important to me. Even Um, y'all coffee. Stop going to Starbucks, y'all. It's Child. not even good coffee. Child. That's my coworkers. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I'm not I a. I drink local coffee. If I can, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I have that choice, but um, yeah, I just I don't like. So when I'm home, even if I'm like just touching down, because a lot of times I fly yeah. in and out from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. and I might not even have that much time. And I'm like, I'm hungry. My dad like, you want to go to Popeyes? And I'm like. No, I know it's like, I know it was started here, but no, I don't want to go to Popeye's. I can go to like a corner store, a gas station, get Yes, way gas station food. chicken. Yeah, yes. it's like, I'm not, Ooh. I'm not, so, yeah, so I think that's the thing. That's like, a delicacy. Um, you know, like, a lot of local places are still in competition with yeah. chains. And I don't feel like, just my personal experience, I don't feel like the shop local i don't feel like it's a big thing for for a lot of people it makes sense and that's usually people who are affected by the industry mm. like i used to work in economic development so mm. obviously that was important mm. to me but for other people i don't think they made the connection so like you know like when i'm home you know my mom is like i'm not going away to metairie and for me it's like i'm a customer driving 15 minutes out to the suburbs to get something because it may not exist in jackson but my mom is like i don't care i'm not going to metairie i'm not going to care i'm not giving those people my money so when i'm home we only eat local. We shop local. We mm-hmm. don't do chain stuff. And that's how I grew up. Mm. So even when I think about, like, going to Walmart, like, Walmart, I didn't go to Walmart a lot growing up. Like, we're, like, we're the local grocery stores. You right. Know? So right. that's a whole, you know, that's a whole other thing. But I think the thing about local, when I think about local in Jackson as opposed to other cities, I just still try to keep it within the Jackson city limits, like right. even in that locality yeah. um, for me, because how things are spread out, how there aren't convenient stores or places to eat unless mm-hmm. it's a chain or it's fast food. Um, you just kind of, you you adapt to that. Yeah. Um, but you also understand um and and try to source out those things right. that can be local and the and the ones that you can support. I try to as much as I can, with the, you know within reason, to support Jackson right. things. Um, just making sure my tax dollars stay here, yeah. you know. And I'm sure you, you know somebody see me at Pearl, the Sam's and Pearl. Yeah, yeah because I there's no Sam. Yeah, I don't yeah. have a choice. There's a Sam. There's no Sam's here in, in yeah. Jackson. If there is, you know, tell me about it, and yeah. I'll go and. You know, shop at Sam's and Jackson, but it's it's a it's room for it's room for growth and it's room for understanding that. But the thing about the local support, you have to support not just with saying that you support it. You have to make that register pop. Yeah. You know, to sustain these businesses, a lot of it is about the dollars yeah. and 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 where and putting and putting the power in that, um, and not just saying I go. And I've been there. You yeah. have to go continually. Yeah. Bring some friends with you. Mm-hmm. Um, support it. And, you know, a lot of times, too, the businesses that are small and struggling or starting out, you know, they're going to get some things wrong. They're yeah. going to make some mistakes. And you know what? Like, people, 
will let that stay with them forever. But you go to Red Lobster and let them serve you whack food, and you'll go back several times yes. and continue to give yeah. you give them your I money. Like, I feel like like I don't. My trust. I have all the answers, people. But I do think there needs to be an ongoing campaign on shopping local and just like education surrounding that. And that's something that doesn't need to change with who works at an agency, sure. whoever is mayor. Right. Like that needs to be an ongoing thing. Cause like I said, you know, some things I'm flexible with here. That sure. I would never be flexible with when I'm at home because like, that's just not what we do. Right. When we're there. Right. Um, yeah. And you know, unfortunately, fortunately, in case somebody from my job listens, I work in Ridgeland and I try as much as possible to really not eat out there. Yeah. It has nothing to do with really supporting the suburbs. I just don't like to move out there as much as I like it in Jackson. <laughs> so, but it's like, I don't want to blow my whole lunch break on like driving all the way to yeah. Jackson. So that's rare that I do that. But um, yeah, I just prefer, you know, my food to be seasoned just a little bit. Mm. Mm. And that might not happen in Ridgeland all the time. Sorry. <laughs> so Again, these do not reflect. It. The thoughts and ideas of Enrico Williams. <laughs> Those are independent. Now, y'all might be seasoning y'all food at home if you, if you live in Ridgeland, but your restaurants are not. Anyway. <laughs> Salt and pepper is not the only seasoning. No, 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 but it's you not. Know, no. I'm surprised I hadn't, like, received... Like any hate mail or comments, <laughs> but you know what? Like Melvin is here with me. He's been way worse mm. about food places. Just a lot of other people than mm. I have been. Mm. So I feel like you know. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. So, do you have any like advice or recommendations? Obviously, you want people to come here and eat and eat sure. year round. Yes, they're yes. open seven days a week. Yes. There is no place. To my knowledge, in Jackson, that is open seven days a week. All day. The same time, right? Yes. Is it from like 8 to 10? Um, so. Um, or is it different on weekends? So on Sundays, it's 8 to 9. Okay. And then the rest of the week, it's 7 to 10. And then on Fridays and Saturdays, it's 7 to 11. Okay. And yeah. look, guys, they got Wi-Fi. It is beautiful in here. I feel wealthy, like mm. the wealthy person I'm supposed to be, but I'm here. <laughs> everyone, Speak it into the atmosphere. Yes, everyone is nice. I think between my husband and I, we have tried every restaurant here. Mm -hmm. So everybody's always nice. Like I haven't had any, even the people who come by, I'm not sure their official title, they come by and clean up and stuff. Everybody is nice. Yeah. So um, family, I mean, it's family friendly you know like my child's been around here like having temper tantrums on the floor <laughs> um we've been here for happy hour the drinks are mm -hmm, good mm -hmm. so um yeah like y'all need to be here there's a lot of people who still hadn't been yet yeah there are a lot of people that i know personally yeah. that that didn't know this existed they're right. like where is it right. and so i have to give like um you know markers to tell yeah. them like do you know where Whole Foods is. And that's another conversation probably for another day, but yeah. that goes back, ties into like 
marketing and just like us working collectively to push things. Yeah. Like I really don't think we're in a position to do things individually, but like collectively we have to do a better job of letting people know things exist. Exactly. So what are your like uh, recommendations or advice or, you know. So my, excuse me, so my advice would actually be to just support small businesses support the restaurants try something new that you have never experienced before um going into a new restaurant um a food that you don't eat Mm, how do you do that i'm a very picky eater excuse me it's just it's really about just go to the there? menu. Talk to the talk to your server. Yeah. Let them know. Hey, Th- that's true. That's let, good, that's hey, I'm right. I'm new to this. Mm-hmm. I would like to try something. Yeah. A a great server. Yeah. Will help you to feel comfortable in a choice to try something new. It can you know in in any menu they're gonna have some chicken, yeah. some rice, and some capacity. Yeah. On this menu, well, you let me know. Ask you. Mm-hmm. Let's see what you would recommend for me. <laughs> Uber picky eater, and there's levels because there's texture, smell, mm. look. Mm-hmm. But texture is a lot. That means I'm willing to try, mm-hmm. but you know. So I have all these levels. I love stuff drowned in cheese, but I'm also lactose intolerant. Ooh. Um, I also am not supposed to eat gluten. <laughs> Yikes. And beef and pork actually makes me sick. <laughs> so what are the options? <laughs> And let me tell you, I do try things from time to time knowing fully that I'm going to regret my decision because I know these things make me sick. So, so what should I try on your menu? Um, I would say try um, some different food like Thai food because um, okay. they have a lot. They do a lot of veggies. Yeah. Um, Ethiopian food, any kind of African food. And there's a new Ethiopian in, restaurant. Too. Yes. Have you been? I have not been. Okay. I, I intend to go. Um, Melvin, have you been yet? Okay. I'm excited about it. Yeah. I, I'm just excited that it's here, so yeah. I have to go and and to support it. Yeah. I would just say any type of food outside of American style food, try it. Listen, I wish I would talk to you about a month ago. When I went to California, I did not realize that in California, people don't eat American food, per se. Not so, so much, yeah. you know, I'm a real picky eater, so my cousins are like, let's get Mexican this night. Let's get Ethiopian. Let's get... And I'm like, where can I get some chicken strips? <laughs> <laughs> and I know they absolutely hate it being with me. And this is the thing. Like, I recognize I'm a picky eater, and because I am, it's like, don't worry about me. Like, I'm going to find something to eat. I'm going to survive. I don't mind. Like, y'all want to go to this cool restaurant? I don't mind going somewhere else and eating by myself. But I think because a lot of people, like, hadn't grown up with me or something, like, they feel uncomfortable with that. Um, Some people are outright insulted. Mm. Like, I know I've probably insulted all of my husband's family because I Mm. won't eat their food. And it's like, like, I just, and they're like, oh, you want to try it? It's, It's especially, like, I think, like, out in Mississippi, but, like, their Texas family as well. And I'm like, no, because if I try it and then you ask me and I insult you, like, you're really, you're going to be more upset mm-hmm. with me than, you know. And I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. They had, like, a gumbo competition, his Houston family, for Christmas. No, for Thanksgiving. And his mom was like, are you going to try it? And I was like, nope. 
because I don't even want to go there. Like, I just got out of being in trouble for talking about their food <laughs> a few years ago, and I blogged about it as well. Oh, yeah. So I was like, I just got in trouble for this. I'm not trying to get back in the doghouse. I just got yeah, out of just give me the mac and cheese and the ham. Those are very safe. You really can't. Yeah. Well, we get those kind of customers in here too a lot, and so you know, are the kids like they're 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 older actually, okay, so and like, and and a lot of that is just conditioning. A lot yeah. of it is just what's familiar and what's comfortable, and yeah. you know, as a chef, as a restaurateur, as a whoever, you understand that everybody's not going to get your food. Yeah. But I just think if you're gonna if you if you want to experience, because a lot of the time it's just the experience of going out. Yeah. It's being in the space. It's going to the restaurant, and again, your server can be your best friend, like. Yeah. Even if you hate everything on the menu, if you have a really effective and a good server, Mm -hmm. they can kind of guide you into something that's incredibly safe that you still won't feel like you are reinventing the wheel because you don't like whatever, whatever, you know. And you know, you're right. I I think I've had that experience a few times, been at a restaurant where I really probably wouldn't eat anything there, and they're like, oh, well, try this if you're like this person. And it worked out. Yeah. And just, and I would, it's communication and then just the openness, just being open and available. Because when you're kind of closed off, you're like, nope, 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 nope. It makes it hard because it's like, well, I don't know what to offer if I don't know what you like. Or yeah, what you're willing right. to try. Well, shout out to my cousins. They also have a podcast called Drunken Church Ladies because I know they were tired of me. Absolutely tired. Like, she doesn't eat anything. And they're like, my cousin's like making breakfast. And you know, they put avocado on everything in California. Yes. And I was like, girl, I'm not. That's the healthy fat, the avocado. Well, yeah. is it still healthy if you like layer five avocados on a little bitty piece of toast? <laughs> I'm going to say maybe, perhaps. I've seen some avocado toast loaded with all kinds of stuff. Yeah. That's just like, just. Like the toast is not. It just voids out the health benefits of having the avocado on Mm -hmm. it. So. Yeah. But yeah, just try something new. If you don't like it, it's okay. So you guys try something new. Maybe we need to have like a transplant meetup at Cultivation Hall or something. That might be cool because I've been wanting to do an event for every, forever, but I also don't want to pay for it. So <laughs> we can all meet up here and gather chat. up and take care of yourself. Yes, pay for yourself. <laughs> Anything else? Um, no, just thank you for inviting me. Yeah, this is my first me. podcast. Okay, cool. That I've done. So yeah, all this right. is this is different. Good. Do you have? Did you want to talk about anything else? Um, I have about? a I have a few things that are coming up that I really can't get into, okay, but well, just, just stay whenever, tuned. When they, when I definitely okay. come when they definitely come up, I will definitely reach out to you because okay. it's gonna be a fun fall and winter season okay, for cool. me, and um, definitely that'll give people opportunity to try new things, yep. and new settings, yeah, um, with a new perspective. Yeah, good. So, yes. that's a good like closing. Oh, I need to yeah. like find a way to close out the podcast i'd be like bye haters that's it (laughs) (laughs) so uh where can everyone uh follow you of course i told you i'll put it in the show oh absolutely so you can follow me on instagram uh either at fauna food works or sheba lucille that's like my personal page Mm -hmm. where i share chefy stuff too and then also on facebook i have a facebook page of fauna food works okay Thank you so much. All right. And shout out for 
242 Creative, Small World Studios. Follow me at Jackson's Transplant, spelled Jackson, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Email me, jacksontransplants at gmail.com. I only accept compliments. Um, no <laughs> negative feedback. <laughs> no uh, criticism. Like, nobody wants to hear that. So I will talk to you haters <laughs> later. Bye.